This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is up, everybody? Welcome in. Glad that you're a part of the show today. Post game, Tar Heels just finished up playing Northern Iowa in the Bahamas Battle for Atlantis first round. Tar Heels victors 91 to 69. I've got with me Greg Barnes. So you know it's a big day. I mean, Greg's not on the golf course. He's not with his family. He's joining you, the Inside Carolina listener and viewer. So appreciate you guys making time for us. I'm Joey Power, brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. And we're also brought to you by Congruity. All right, Greg. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a couple things at you and let you pick which way we go, right? You remember those old choose your own adventure books? That's what we're gonna do right now. Um, All right. Is it as simple as Tar Heels shot better in the second half? Is it as simple as uh, they decided to turn up the defensive intensity? Or is it as simple as uh, maybe just the energy level wasn't there starting an early game? I'll throw it to you first and, and have at it, sir. I, I think it's a combination of the first two things. Uh, clearly, the defensive effort w- was much better to start the second half. Uh, I think going with Withers there uh, really helped. I think he's really... Thus far, and granted, we can we can talk a long time about his time at Louisville, but he's kind of a, an X factor. Um, and when he's playing his game, he brings a lot of energy. And then, you know, Cormac Ryan is able to knock down some threes, gives you and see some space. That really seemed to uh, knock the, the wind out of uh, Northern Iowa cells, and, and Carolina was able to jump out to a big lead and, and, and really coast. So uh, I like some of the things that took place in the first half, but, but no doubt – Carolina came out with much more urgency defensively, and once some shots started falling, uh, that's how we get to a 22-point victory. You know, as you watch that first half, and I made some jokes about this on Twitter, it was remarkable to me how different the shooting was for each team on each different goal. You know, North Carolina had a lot of good looks, to your point, in the first half that just weren't falling. Um, and it sounded like one of those outdoor metal backboard, uh, really loose rims that they were shooting on. And then you flip to the second half, and it seemed like they couldn't miss. Uh, I think it was a 32-6 to six run over about six and a half minutes of game time. Shout out to Michael Coe from WCHL uh, who posted that during the game. But it really looked like as soon as the Tar Heels got down to the other end of the court, shots started falling. And, and, and they weren't doing anything differently. But I, I want to kind of highlight what you just said about the defense and the energy change of things. I love the tweak of Jalen Withers coming in and starting the second half. Um, a guy like that, you know, like you said, he he creates a little bit more energy. He's a little bit of a rim protector. Um, he also equalized the rebounding advantage. Uh, but he hit a couple of shots early. Uh, Ryan hit some threes. You've got uh, RJ hitting some threes. At what point do we need to worry about this team being a streaky, sh- a streaky group of shooters? Because if, if this game would have continued the way the first games, the first half started, I think a lot of folks would have a lot of heartburn right now before they ate their turkey. Well, I think this is going to be a, a streaky shooting team. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Cormac Ryan uh, throughout his career has been that. I think he's a 35% career shooter. Uh, and he's had a lot of really good games and had some games where he's kind of disappeared. And that's that's part of it. 
Uh, he's 25. Uh, I don't see that changing very much as he gets a little bit older in, in life. Uh, good to see Ingram make some shots. And RJ is pretty much going to be your, your guy you can lean on for outside shooting. Um, let's talk about the first half a little bit, though. Yes, North Carolina, because they weren't making shots, Northern Iowa was able to make some tough shots. Northern Iowa was able to go into halftime with the lead. They're going, kind of to your point, there are going to be games where North Carolina is not converting from the outside. And they haven't shot the ball great from three all season long, really, until the second half today. Uh, this has got to be an opportunity when that happens for Armando Baycott to play up to his All-American billing and dominate. And say, all right, guys, I know you're not making shots right now. Get the ball to me. I got you covered. That didn't happen in the first half. Uh, when you look at what, what Hudson did, I mean, Hudson was averaging less than six minutes a game off the bench for Loyola Chicago last year. Uh, so this is not like a, a big-time player for Northern Iowa. And yet, for the most part, he played Baycott even. Uh, that can't happen. And I really think that was the biggest issue in the first half is when the shots weren't falling and Carolina needed to go to their big guy, uh, he wasn't able really to deliver. And so that's something that if you can change that and make sure that's not a consistent problem, you're going to be okay. But there will be games where Carolina's just not knocking down shots and they have to be able to go inside to get some victories. Um, and, and today I think is kind of a telltale sign of, all right, Armando, like we got to make sure this is a one-time thing and this does not become a trend. Yeah, Baycott did not have a double-double today, finished with uh, 10 points and eight rebounds, uh, but he only played 22 minutes. And I think that's something when I heard uh, Jimmy Dykes, when he wasn't, you know, being out commentated by the Sebastian the line when I heard Jimmy Dykes ripping on Armando Baycott early in the game saying, where is he? Well, he was on the bench, and you start thinking about that, and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing uh, for Hubert Davis's roster to be able to only play him 22 minutes. Now, to your point, yeah, absolutely, he needs to produce a little bit more, especially when his team's not hitting from the outside. Greg, one of the things that jumps out at me on this box score as the Tar Heels beat Northern Iowa 91-69, to I see six guys in double figures. I see 11 guys that played minutes today. Um I see a lot of guys with a really, really strong plus minus as you're going to have in a game like this. But is that is it too early to get excited about Hubert Davis using his bench? Uh, I guess is what I'm getting at because that's something a lot of folks lamented last season, and then today we saw deploying different lineups to to help bring different things. You know, when they started the second half, they were deploying a bigger lineup. I mentioned the the, the change with uh, Withers starting the second half. They were deploying a lineup to to press a little bit. They did a couple of half-court traps with some different guys. Is it too early to get excited about Hubert Davis using his bench, I guess is what I'm asking you. Well, there's a, there's a bunch we get into here. Um, I think it's a sign of growth that that Hubert understands that, hey, I've, I've got to play these guys early to figure out what's going on. But look at the first half. There were nine guys that played at least six minutes, and there were eight guys who played at least eight. And so while there were understandably some fans who weren't happy with the first half, this is an early season game. Uh, you knew you were a much better team than your opponent, but he was able to run in a bunch of different lineups and to really see, okay, we're in a tight ball game. How are these guys going to respond? Not just to the situation, 
but to each other and these, these variety of, of rotations. I think that's a great thing early in the season because the unique thing about this lineup is you've got your two stalwarts in R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. Uh, Harrison Ingram kind of does a little bit of everything. I think he's a, a good secondary player. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I think the season really hinges on Elliot Cadeau. So I think you have to work him in. He needs to be a starter for this team sooner than later to really allow this team to reach his potential. And then you've got Withers. And kind of, you know, the knock on Withers from his time at Louisville was he looks the part. He's a great athlete. He can knock down some threes. But then there are times where he kind of vanishes. I really think he's a key to this season being a success as well. Uh, so those are kind of the, the key parts you're focused on. But then you've got other guys like, you know, when Cormac Ryan's hitting, he's a lethal threat from outside. He's what you need, immediate score and punch. And then you've got other guys, um, you know, the, the young guys inside who are coming along, who aren't there yet, but have potential to give you some minutes. You know, Trimble uh, didn't have his best game today, but he's played well earlier parts of the season. So there's a lot there that I think Hubert's really trying to say, okay, well, I kind of have an idea that my, my core guys, who can really help us as we get into the more important games? We start to see that uh, tomorrow for sure. But sure. I really like what Hubert's done in terms of playing so many guys to see exactly what he's got. Yeah, I, I like your point there. I think it's um, it, it does show a little bit of growth. I want to call out a couple of stats that I see, and I want to get your, your opinion on it. Uh, North Carolina, 56 points in the second half, 37 points off the bench, uh, 25 points off of turnovers. There were games last year where North Carolina did not sniff those numbers, right? Much less the 56 points in the second half. Uh, is that something they might be able to hang their hat on as they move forward, especially if Hubert Davis continues to use his bench and show the growth that you just mentioned? Yeah, for sure. And, and just having different guys that can score um, and, and pushing the ball more than they did the last two years, I think it is very critical as well, because those are easy scoring opportunities. You know, that's one thing Roy Williams always said, I want to run because if we can beat the other team down the court, I'd much rather have a layup than have to take a tough shot you know, against a, a set defense. Um, so that gives you easy points. I mean, look at what North Carolina did, uh, you know, points off of turnovers. They had 25 off of 17. When you have a, a big number like that, that tells you there's some live ball turnovers that you can get out and run a little bit. Uh, so all those things really factor in. Add in the fact they were able to finally knock down some threes in the second half. Well, there that takes a lot of pressure off your defense. And that's really where North Carolina's strength was last year was, was defensively because they struggled at times. They weren't dominating the glass to score points, but by adding some more running into it, getting out, playing better defense, creating turnovers, the more you can score, the less perfect you have to be defensively. Uh, And then as everybody knows, whenever you're scoring points, that gives you energy. Therefore you can translate that to defense. And that's really what we saw to to begin the second half today. I talked on the uh, countdown to tip off show on WCHL with Brighton McConnell, and he wanted to talk about Harrison Ingram. And I think Harrison Ingram, who got the player of the game nod today from ESPN with 16 and 10, I still, from my eyes, when I watch Ingram play, I see so much more than what he puts in a box score. I see a player that's really aggressive. I see a player that kind of knows what he wants to do when he has the ball. I see a player that is physically mature. uh, And also see a guy that can facilitate in a lot of different ways. How does he make this North Carolina team better when he's doing those things? And then also he gets 16 and 10, which is a, a nice add. I think with R.J. Davis, when he's playing point, um, you really need an additional facilitator out there, and that's what Ingram does. And it's not necessarily a point forward, but does a lot of things that Theo Pinson used to do. 
Um, and I think that's a, that's a beneficial thing for this team because until Elliott Cadeau comes on and can really dominate the offense and, and dominate the ball, um, they need Ingram. And then once, once Elliott is in place, well, now you got two guys who can facilitate and create, and um, that does a lot of things. I mean, you look at what Ingram did today, knocking down four three-pointers. If he can do that, uh, he's going to play an awful lot of minutes, and he can do a little bit of everything. But he is a unique size, as he showed today when he's going up against guys who are not as athletic and not as big. He can really bully them around the rim a little bit, which is very beneficial. So he he really, to your point, he had a, a all-around great performance today, and that just bodes well for what North Carolina can do down the road. Leaky Black did a little bit of that. He did mm-hmm. not have the offensive firepower that, that Ingram does. Um, and so that that's really where you're where you're changing out. And so I think Ingram, if he does what he did today, uh, that, that's clearly a net positive for this lineup. Do you worry about this team's uh, ability to kind of fall asleep isn't what I'm looking for, but they kind of disappear defensively sometimes. I think they showed a lot of great initiative on the ball uh, and a lot of aggressiveness on the ball in the first half of the game. And then the the latter part of the first half, it seemed like you and I was getting the shots around the the free throw line, the free throw line extended, um, that, that they were really comfortable with. I don't know if that was just a byproduct of North Carolina's shorter guards and Cadeau and RJ being in the game, or was that actually just North Carolina's defense not maintaining the level of aggression that they had earlier in the game? I think there's two parts to it. One, I think the team is still kind of gelling together in terms of the complementary aspects of defense. Uh, you could just kind of see maybe the talking's not where it needs to be quite yet. That's, you know, we're, what, it's November 22nd. Um, so that'll get better at the more they play together. Also think one one thing that we've kind of talked about and danced around a little bit on the message boards is this is not the most athletic team. Um, and because of that, I think they have to play with a greater sense of urgency defensively for it to really show up and be effective. You know, once you get Seth Trimble in there and you get Withers in there, well, those guys are great athletes, uh, but some of the other guys are not. And so they don't, you know, a lot of teams that are very athletic, they look good defensively and can be good defensively because they don't necessarily have to be at full effort for that to translate. Right. Right. I think this group needs to be at full effort to, for it to really pop. But we saw that. I mean, the first five, six minutes of the second half, everybody was moving. Everybody was talking. That tells you and shows you how good this group can be. Mm-hmm. This is not going to come easy for them. They have to actually work for it. Also considering, uh, and I like your bit there about you know how much they're communicating and how much that communication can help maintain effort. I saw, and, and I may have missed this count, but there was four by my, by my eyes um, shot clock violations that they caused for Northern Iowa today. Do you think that's the type of thing that that maybe they can carry over, or is that just a product of, of Northern Iowa being somewhat limited and, and to use an old Roy Williamsism, uh, not as gifted as North Carolina? Well, that for sure is part of it. But on those occasions, if you go back and watch them, I mean, you're exactly right. That was Virginia basketball, essentially. And Virginia is not known for having these great athletes, right? But everybody knows where they're supposed to be. Everybody uh, is in position, which is the key thing. And so even though the ball is able to move around, there's not an easy outlet. There's not an easy drive or an easy shot. And so Northern Iowa just kept throwing the ball around, trying to find something and could not. And so that more than anything is an example of great team defense. And uh, that bodes well because yeah, there was multiple times like that. And you can just see how that energizes not only Hubert and the bench, 
but everybody on the court and the fans and all those kind of things. So that that's the approach moving forward for sure. Well, uh, appreciate you making time today, Greg. Give us one more thing that you were surprised about or uh, that you appreciated seeing from this North Carolina team today as they uh, they beat you and I 91 to 69 in the first round of the Battle for Atlantis tournament today. Well, the, the key thing for me, as mentioned earlier, the fact they were able to play so many different guys and had varying level of success in the first half. Mm-hmm. But I think the number one takeaway for everybody should be uh, Carolina did not play their best ball in the first half. They played a scrappy team. How are they going to respond? And this is really their first test of getting smacked in the, in the face to start a game. They came out gangbusters to start the second half. That's what you want to see. They made some corrections. They came out with better urgency, better energy, were able to knock down some shots and turned a deficit into a double-digit lead in you know just a couple minutes. Um, we didn't necessarily see that all the time last year. And I think that's the main takeaways. Okay, they, they faced some adversity, they overcame it, and excelled against it. Now, okay, all these early season uh, warm-up games are over. You know, the first yeah. four opponents Carolina played all rank you know, 120th or higher in Kempom. <laughs> the next five are all top 75 or, or better. So now we get to see, okay, now adversity's here. Yeah. This is going to be the real deal starting with whoever wins this Texas Tech Villanova game for tomorrow. Yeah, and water's going to find its level for sure. I appreciate you calling that out. Tomorrow, the Tar Heels will play the winner of this uh, currently happening Villanova-Texas Tech game. Uh, they will be playing at, I believe it's 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. Um, so if you're intent on watching that, we will have the uh, we will have the post game as usual, probably 10 to 15 minutes after that game ends. But Tar Heels will be playing either the Red Raiders of Texas Tech or the Wildcats Villanova at 2.30 on ESPN. Uh, Greg, I am very, very enamored with your playoff beard. I mean, we're here in November, and you've already got the postseason playoff beard into form. Uh, I'm going to bet if there's a such thing as Tar Heel beard gel that Johnny T-shirt probably sells that. Um, so I'm going to ask you to look into it. I hope that folks that watching this or listen to this, check out Johnny T-shirt. They're going to have a, an amazing sale on Black Friday, johnnytshirt.com. If you're in Chapel Hill shopping, go buy a Johnny T-shirt. Also want to give a big special thanks to Congruity for sponsoring the show. Uh, go to congruity forward slash Tar Heels, and you can get your special free assessment of how Congruity might be able to help your small business take care of your benefits and your HR stuff so that you can focus on your business's profitability. We appreciate Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity sponsoring the show. Appreciate all the 200 and change of y'all that were in here right after this game. Tar Heels beat Northern Iowa 91-69 to today in the Bahamas. Shout out to Greg Barnes for being here. Greg, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, I am Joey Powell. We will talk to you guys sometime in the very near future here on InsideCarolina.com. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.